Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. And then there was one. There is really only one NFL team that is still contemplating who their starting quarterback might be come September, assuming that we are going to have September football, which, God forbid, I can't imagine that we were not. And that team is, ironically enough, the New England Patriots, which has had the least uncertainty at the quarterback position for basically 20 years. Reports are that the L.A. Chargers are going to stick with Tyrod Taylor, that they are not going to add any free agent quarterback. Now, that can always change, but that is the report now, and it appears that that would then mean that the Chargers are going to draft a quarterback at six, maybe Justin Herbert, or they're potentially going to trade up and go after Tua. Still remains to be seen whether somebody's going to aggressively go after that number two or three pick to jump ahead of the Miami Dolphins sitting at number five to make sure that they have a chance to get Tua. That's the drama there. But in the meantime, there are a bunch of quarterbacks sitting outside, and maybe I should say standing outside, as the NFL quarterback game of musical chairs has advanced and there are far more guys interested in being starting quarterbacks in this league than there are starting quarterback jobs. One guy who is interested in being a starting quarterback in this league is Nick Foles. And the Chicago Bears have been the place or one of the places 
where the starting quarterback job is up for grabs because Mitch Trubisky was mediocre the past several years, and the Bears feel like if they get the right quarterback in, they have a much better chance of success. Nick Foles was down in Jacksonville, and I want you to just listen to how out of touch with reality the uh, the the, the and this is crazy to me. The Jaguars were they obviously paid over fifty million dollars to Blake Bortles in the wake of the run to the AFC Championship game uh, a couple of years ago. And I'm sorry if you are a Jacksonville fan for having to relive all of this wasted decision making and uh, awful, uh, awful decision making and wasted money. The Jags wasted fifty million dollars for Blake Bortles before cutting the uh, cutting the cord essentially and kicking him to the curb. Then they decided the guy who was going to replace Blake Bortles was Nick Foles, who they paid. Listen to this to me. They paid thirty point five million dollars for one season of Nick Foles, who started four games, won none, and now leaves behind. This is according to Tom Pelissaro. $18.75 million in dead money on the salary cap after the trade. So, wow. What a ridiculous decision by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They end up paying $30.5 million to Nick Foles. Nearly, nearly $8 million per four games that he started, and they lost all four games that he started. Now, Interestingly, in Jacksonville, this also clears the deck for, in theory, Gardner Minshew to be the guy going forward. Or does it? Is it possible that Jacksonville is looking around at all these other quarterbacks and thinking, well, maybe we can add a decent backup to push Gardner Minshew and see whether uh, the mustached uh, warrior there is going to be the long-range or even short-term future of the Jacksonville Jaguar franchise. But there is much to consider there. I mentioned all the different quarterbacks that are still unsigned and unsure where they could go. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, all three of those guys at minimum are out there now interested in jobs and maybe not able to find one where they can be a starter Because, again, only the New England Patriots are open right now. And maybe the Patriots are going to stick with Jared Stidham. Maybe they're going to draft a rookie at 23. I think it's hard to project because they've waited so long uh, with Tom Brady as their starter that what Bill Belichick has planned is anyone's guess. But, again, there are three guys out there that I would say, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and Andy Dalton, all have hopes of being starting quarterbacks in this league, and I think it's unlikely that uh, that any more than one of them will be able to be a starter. And so you start to ask some interesting questions. Cam Newton, for instance, guy has a big ego, believes himself to be an icon, won a Heisman Trophy, won a national championship, won an NFL MVP, went to the Super Bowl. Is he willing to be a backup? Is he willing to fight to try to be a starter in the NFL? Or given his injury history, is it possible that Cam Newton uh, thinks about going into media? This is a pretty effervescent guy, good-looking guy. Would he be interested 
in pulling a, uh, a, a Tony Romo and deciding to walk out of the NFL and straight into a television studio, either as a game analyst or potentially as a guy who could be in studio breaking down games. I have to wonder that. There are certain guys out there who you look at and you say, oh, this guy loves the NFL so much that he's willing to hang on to his NFL job by his fingernails. There are other guys, and I gave you one that I thought was true, and so far it has been proven true, like Eli Manning, who are going to say, you know what, if I'm not a starter, I'm not interested in playing in this league. Cam Newton strikes me as a guy who's going to say, if I'm not a starter, I'm not interested in playing in this league. And he is being unceremoniously kicked to the curb by the Carolina Panthers. And unless he could get a deal worked out with the New England Patriots, I don't think there's a job for Cam. We don't know what Bill Belichick thinks about Cam. We don't know what he thinks about Andy Dalton. We don't know what he thinks about Jameis Winston. But effectively, those are the jobs that are available right now. Now, maybe Jacksonville could make a run at a Cam Newton or at a uh, Jameis Winston or an Andy Dalton and think that they're all better than Gardner Minshew and maybe trading away Nick Foles is more about the contract than it is about the belief in Gardner Minshew. But all of those different angles are at play here. And let me go ahead and uh, bring in the crew. Who starts with New England week one? Who is their quarterback? Effectively, it appears to me, the Patriots are the last team standing when it comes to planned starting quarterbacks. Uh, Either a team has got a guy or they basically let it be known like the LA Chargers that they are going to be drafting one and they're going to stick with the quarterbacks that they have on the roster right now. Danny G, who would be your pick to be most likely to be starting week one at the quarterback position for the New England Patriots to replace Tom Brady? Go big or go home. I'm going to say Jameis Winston. I know he has a huge problem with turnovers, but let's see if the LASIK eye surgery and Bill Belichick can control those interceptions, just capitalize on his upside, which obviously he's got a huge arm. You know, he's slow in the pocket and he's – they say he has a slow twitch instead of a fast NFL twitch, and yep. that's why he has some of the problems he has. But if Belichick can turn Winston into a star in the league, then that's just going to take his legend over the top, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure whether Belichick deserves any credit for Brady. This is going to be one of those interesting decisions for a head coach going forward. Uh, because before Belichick had Brady, he was very average. And he did well with Belichick. I mean, he did, uh, Belichick did without Brady. He did well the one year when Matt Castle started. And he did well in the four games when Brady had his suspension. But there's a lot at stake in terms of Bill Belichick's coaching genius based on how he replaces Tom Brady. And I, I don't think you want to go from Brady to Jameis Winston. I think it would be incredibly riveting television because I love the idea of Belichick in a hoodie on the sideline, uh, sort of angrily glowering at Jameis Winston after his fourth first-half interception. Uh, I saw a stat where they said Tom Brady could throw, uh, what was it, 171 straight incompletions. Or, it, it, was, it was something insane, uh, and still end up in a better position than Jameis Winston was. Um, I think it was 171 straight incompletions and still have a higher career completion percentage than Jameis Winston. 
Uh, who's up uh, next, Dub? Who do you believe is going to be the starter next man up for the New England Patriots? I think it's going to be Andy Dalton. And I think this because not only is he a guy with a ton of experience, he's been in the league for a long time now, but he's only got one year left on his deal. And it's at $17 million a year. So, yes. you know, in theory, you could bring in Andy Dalton for $17 million, which is a pretty good price in the year 2020. And if he doesn't work, it's okay. It was one year. You did your thing. You 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 checked him out. You gave it a go. And there's really no real risk in it involved. I feel like if you sign Jameis Winston, you're going to have to get him for more than one year on his contract. So you're going to kind of be stuck with him on your roster if things don't pan out the way you want them to. So I think Andy Dalton is uh is is the play that makes sense to me. I'm not even sure that I, I kind of disagree there. I think you could sign Jameis Winston for a one year seven or eight million dollar contract and say, hey, you get a chance to compete for the starting job. And because because I think there is a sort of in the wake of Ryan Tannehill and what he did with the Titans, I think backup quarterbacks have a guy they can look to and say, oh, you know what, that could be me. Right, not necessarily. We may be overrating uh, the likelihood of uh, a guy being able to remake his career like Ryan Tannehill did in one year, but I think that's the pitch that the Patriots could go with to either Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, or uh, or Andy Dalton, who's already under contract. But Cam Newton's got, I think, owed nineteen million dollars left under his contract. Uh, but he might be willing to redo that if he uh, if he got released, or maybe he wouldn't. But I think Jameis Winston, you could definitely get for seven or eight million dollars, which is about what Ryan Tannehill made last year, and say you have the opportunity to win our starting job. And if you do, maybe you can be like Ryan Tannehill and get ninety-one million dollars after another really good season. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? What direction would you go, or do you expect for the Patriots to go? Well, I was pretty surprised that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. I would be stunned if Jameis Winston ended up in New England. I just, Speaks to the lack of options that we're even talking about it, right? Yeah, and I, I just I just cannot I cannot envision Bill Belichick taking on a quarterback who is willing to throw the ball uh pretty much anywhere he wants and and half the time it's good and half the time it's bad. I just can't imagine that he would give Josh McDaniels that type of a, of a player and just let him do whatever he wants or, or, or think that he can rein him in and turn him into something special. Uh, I, I think Andy Dalton is, is the play here in the short term and see, see what he can do. Yeah, I, I think there's a decent chance that Jacksonville could make a run at, uh, at Jameis Winston. They, they now have, I believe, on their roster, if I'm not mistaken, at the quarterback position. Obviously, Gardner Minshew, who the expectation is would be the starter, former sixth-round pick who uh, started Minshew Mania last year with his Fu Manchu uh, mustache and uh, basically emerged out of out of nowhere. I believe they still have Josh Dobbs on their roster, and uh, he's never really looked like he could be a starter. So if I'm looking around the league and trying to find opportunities for places that I could go where I could end up a starter, I don't know if Jacksonville is willing to go back into the draft and after a quarterback, it doesn't feel like that's likely. So I might be pitching the idea of Jameis Winston to, uh, uh, to, to, to that position. One decision that could be interesting as well is Washington Redskins. How committed are they to Dwayne Haskins? They lost uh, Case Keenum, who now is the backup, who's trying to t- Ryan Tannehill uh, uh, the situation for the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Is Ron Rivera still interested in in, uh, in in bringing Cam Newton? How good of a relationship did they have? 
could he bring him into Washington? How much belief is there in Dwayne Haskins? Is that a place that it could make sense for Jameis Winston to go as well, uh, to sit on the bench behind Dwayne Haskins, who, frankly, was the worst quarterback on a statistical measure of anybody who started in the NFL at the end of last season? So that may be a place where there's not a lot of faith, especially with a new first-year coach in uh, in Dwayne Haskins. So that could be a place where Jameis Winston or Cam Newton are interested in going alongside of Jacksonville, where I'm just not 100% sold that Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy in uh, all the years ahead. Much to discuss and continue to discuss in this arena. We're going to bring in uh, our guy Frank Isola next. He's at the Frank Isola on Twitter, Tom Brady has not officially signed his contract uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are still going back and forth on some of the details. A lot of players not able to be announced as uh, as starters uh, or signers uh, of new free agent contracts because they haven't been able to travel and sign the, uh, you know and pass their physicals yet. So that is one detail that is worth uh, worth paying attention to. Could there be some drama where a guy has agreed to terms and it's gone out publicly and then the guy doesn't sign the contract? It seems to happen every couple of years or so where something falls apart based on a physical or based on a last-second contract term that people can't agree on. So we'll have to pay attention to see whether or not that might happen down the line. Uh, but in the meantime, it appears, like I said, starting off the program, that the only guy who is out there, uh, that uh, the only team that is out there with an open spot for a starter at the quarterback position might well be Bill Belichick, ironically enough, and the New England Patriots. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Bringing in now Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Frank, I don't know where you are. Are you in New York City right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm home right now. Yep. So have you ever seen anything like this in your entire life as a, uh, as a sports fan? I mean, w- this is just crazy, right? I mean, basically it's been a little bit over a week since Rudy Gobert. That was a Wednesday night suddenly tested positive for the coronavirus. And then in rapid short order, that Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, everything was canceled. And there's been a lot of excitement over the NFL free agency, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what are you thinking about the next couple of months? I mean, what in the world is that going to look like? If you go back to like the Monday before the Rudy Gobert incident, that's when the Ivy League had announced they weren't going to have their men's and women's tournament, basketball tournament. I remember thinking, man, why don't you just decide Maybe have it, but don't have it with fans in the building. I was surprised right. that they went to that measure. Like, I couldn't, you know, just a few days later, everything was shut down. And if you go back to September 11th, 2001, you know, we'd had about a week to 10-day period where there were no sports, but that was just in this country. Yeah. So they were still playing sports in other countries. You know, in England, they were playing soccer. Spain, they were playing soccer. Italy, they're not even doing that. So there's no sports anywhere. And the Mexican League actually had a game. I think it might have been... Sunday or Monday of this week, 
But then they even shut down after that. So there's, it's amazing that there's nothing going on worldwide. So you, you mentioned 9-11 and being from New York and having spent as much time as you ha- have up there. What kind of vibe, if anything? We had Shannon Spake on yesterday, and she said I was working in New York in media at the time. And, uh, and she was talking about the way it felt just so much different in the city. Can you compare these situations in any way in your mind in terms of the psychology of the city as you move about uh, New York City? Uh, obviously, it's been 20 years almost, 19 since 9-11. But how do these compare, if at all? I, I think people after September 11th were more afraid. But I also think that people knew that there was going to be a short amount of time before life got back to what you would consider normal. You knew that eventually we'd be allowed to fly again. People were going to probably be a little more cautious. You knew that sports were going to start up again. This is kind of the great unknown because you keep, I mean, the mayor of New York came out a week ago or about five days ago and said that Madison Square Garden and the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, they probably won't be available for six months. I'm thinking six months from now. And that, that, that seems like an awful long time. So to me, it's more of the great unknown here. I would say after September 11th, it was probably more fear. But knowing that all right, once, you know, kind of security gets up to snuff, the airports are going to be open and people are going to be traveling. Sports are going to be played. Will you be a little afraid to go to a game, perhaps? But you kind of saw it like an end in sight to where, again, whatever you would consider normal, your normal life would continue. Where with this, who knows where the end is? All right, Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. What, by the way, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you, and I imagine there's people that are curious about this. You do a lot of around the horn. You've set in for PTI. ESPN has shut down those shows out of uh, that, that have any connection at all to DC right now. Uh, my show, Lock It In, is shut down. Have they communicated with you guys about when that might come back? And if so, what you guys will talk about? Because that's certainly something we're talking about on our sports gambling show, too. How do you do a sports gambling show when there's literally no sports going on? And and the same thing would be true for a show like Around the Horn or PTI. How do you debate sports uh, on television when there's literally no sports to debate? Yeah, there's been no talk of uh, what day we would return. We're trying to do stuff on the Internet, which I know yeah. a lot of people are trying to do. It's amazing, though, Clyde. The NFL, which is just a machine, it, it blows me away that a sport where they play 16 regular season games could basically be a 365-day-a-year sport. Yes. And here's the NFL. who you, have, you get the feeling their season won't be interrupted. They'll probably end up starting on time. There's nothing else going on, and lo and behold, their free agency just has to – just happens to start this week. So that's the thing. If you and I were both back right now, clearly on television, you could talk about stuff probably leading up to the draft. Yeah. The NFL, you know, is that big. Molly, you know, two months from now, there's no sports. I I don't know what the heck we talk about. So let's go to the NFL free agency. Let's start with Brady. How stunned are you that Brady is going to be a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know, until he made that announcement via Instagram, it was still always a part of me that thought he would go back. It, it's just such a strange move. I, I get it. There's really no sure thing in the NFL, but Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's, you know, I think they have a very good coach. I understand their defense is good. He's really rolling the dice here. I, I think he's got a, a bigger chance to hurt his legacy. I don't know why he just didn't want to stay in New England, but I still say this. Who's to say that Bill Belichick wanted him? Maybe Bill Belichick was ready to move on and wanted and figured this was the best way to do it. He certainly took Bill Belichick and uh, Robert Kraft kind of off the hook because he you know, he made it seem like this was his choice. This is something that he wanted to do. I get it. I think Bruce Arians is a very good coach. You look at them last year, 
their offense was productive. Their quarterback only ever does those throw interceptions, unfortunately. It's going to be really interesting. It just seems like a weird market for him. You know, it's not a team that you know was a playoff team last year. It's an interesting one. He's certainly going to put himself under the microscope now being in Tampa Bay for what might may be just one year. There's no doubt. We're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. You can watch him usually on ESPN. You can read him at The Athletic. You can listen to him at SiriusXM. Uh, okay, let's continue with the, uh, the the sort of the quarterback uh, dilemma for many different teams. You mentioned the New England Patriots. Who is their starting quarterback week one in your mind? That's what we opened up saying that effectively it appears 31 different NFL teams now have a decision that they have made about who their likely week one starter is going to be. That's assuming you can take the L.A. Chargers at their word. That would leave only the New England Patriots, ironically enough, given how many years in a row you could just pencil in Tom Brady's name. What do they do? Do they stick with Jared Stidham? Do they go into the free agent market? Do they go into the draft and get a guy? What do you think Bill Belichick will do? You know, I I think what you saw on that first day of free agency where so many of these quarterbacks kind of already knew where they were going, to me it was kind of similar to the beginning of basketball free agency. You can't tell me that Bill Belichick hasn't known you know, hasn't been planning for this for a couple of months. So I, I, I think he already has a pretty good sense of what he may be doing. I mean, as Jacoby Brissett, he's still a member of the Colts right now, right? That's right. right. Could, that be, could that be shocking that he can end up? He knows the system. He's played there before. Uh, I think Cam Newton would be a possibility. Uh, to me, Jameis Winston, the, the biggest issue with him is going to be the turnovers. I think that Bill Belichick is probably thinking, I could do something with this guy, but I, how are you going to uh, – there's going to be no way that Bill Belichick can live with a guy that turns the ball over that much. To, to me, would, that's, why, that's why I don't think he would be the guy. He's, uh, he's talented. There's no doubt about it. Look at the numbers he put up last year. But the turnovers are, are always going to be the big issue with Jameis Winston. That's why I just don't think it's a fit in New England. That's why I would love to see the, the combo of Jameis Winston and Bill Belichick. I think it would be <laughs> riveting football theater uh, just to see how those guys would, uh, would get along. Another, you, you covered Eli Manning for a lot of years. And I think we pegged that correctly when we said Eli's going to retire because he doesn't want to be a guy who stands on the sideline and holds a clipboard and does his best to uh, to remain, to, to keep his uh, NFL career as long as he can. Okay, and that seems to be clear. I think Cam Newton's the same way. Cam Newton's only 31, and unless the New England Patriots want him and do something to bring him in and make him their starting quarterback, there isn't a job out there that is open, that is going to say, hey, Cam Newton, we want you to be our starting quarterback. Is this a guy who goes somewhere and fights and scraps and hopes to get back on the field as a starter? Or is it possible Cam Newton could walk off the stage and follow you know, a guy like Eli Manning, even though he's younger, and just say, I'm too big and too successful of a guy with my Heisman Trophy, my national championship, my NFL MVP, my trip to the Super Bowl, I'm not a guy who stands on the sideline and holds a clipboard for somebody else. And, and, and that's the thing about Cam Newton. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's very accomplished. There's no question about it. The biggest question with him is always going to be his health. And, you know, how, how is his throwing arm? I, that's why, for me, I don't think he would be the craziest one in New England. And, obviously, Bill Belichick may like the idea that he could change the offense around. Now, Cam doesn't run as much as he used to. And I think him barreling into players, I think he knew that it finally caught up with him. But that would be an interesting one because I think for him, there has to be a part of him that feels, man, things change pretty quick. Really, if you think about what happened to him ever since losing the Super Bowl, his career has kind of taken a bit of a nosedive. I still think he has a lot of talent. But for me, 
the question clearly is in talent, whether or not you could win with the guy. We know that that's true. You could certainly get to a certain level. The big thing is going to be injury. And that's why I think I, I would think a team like you know New England, that's, that would concern Bill Belichick a little bit. And remember, too, though, the one thing about the Patriots going out and get a quarterback, when they won 11 games with Matt Castle, there's a part there's a, one thing about guys like Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, there's an arrogance about them when they like it when people are going to challenge them a little bit. And I think Bill Belichick is kind of in that same mode because he won 11 games with Matt Castle. How did Matt Castle do after he left the Patriots? wasn't winning 11 games anymore, that's for sure. NBA, Adam Silver talked to Rachel Nichols yesterday um, and said, you know, we hope we were going to come back. One thing that might occur if they come back is an examination of the way that the schedule is structured. And he talked about that in a pretty substantial way. And we may have even talked about it on this program before. I've been arguing for years now that the NBA should start their season on Christmas Day and they should play all the way until August. That way they're competing with Major League Baseball for most of their season as opposed to the NFL uh, and the uh, the college football bowl season and whatnot. Do you think that makes sense? Do you think that Adam Silver, the players, and the owners are willing to think about it? And the reason, by the way, for people out there who are like, what are you talking about? If the NBA comes back, the earliest they're going to come back is June. If they go into the playoffs and they play the full playoffs, that's likely means they wouldn't finish until August. They're not then going to take like a month off and come right back into training camp, I wouldn't think. I would think they're going to take another couple of months off and then set up a new season at least for one year. Do you think that could make sense long term? If they asked your advice, what would you tell them? I, I don't like the idea of playing into August. I just don't. I think in July, that's when people you know tend to go on vacation. They tune out a little bit. The last thing they want to do is be inside watching TV. Now, you could say, well, the game's going to be on at night. I do understand that. I, I don't. My thing has always been, you want to start around Christmas, I don't have a problem with that. But here's the thing, just play more back-to-backs and get the season over with. You want to play until late June? Because really now, if you look at it, Clay, the last few years, the season ends at around June 10th. Yeah. So you could, you know, you could go into late June. The problem is they play fewer and fewer back-to-backs. And now if the NBA does end up coming back this season, which I still think there's a chance that they will, whether or not they'll play regular season games, that remains to be seen. But a big thing has been... They stretch out the season because the players don't want to play back-to-backs. The, the league is, you know, they used to play, you know, you, you'd get four games in five nights. Teams don't do that anymore. So until, like, you know, th- that attitude of the league kind of changes a little bit, I, I could see it happening. I, I just don't like the idea. I, I don't like the idea of the NBA playing into August. I get your point, competing with the NFL, so starting a little bit later, I get that. I would actually start, like, right after Thanksgiving maybe. Because it seems like December, at least it's kind of basketball season. I don't like the idea. To me, August is too much. Plus, now you're messing with my vacation time. Give me a break here. (laughs) We're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. All right. uh, What have you been doing to fill the time that you would otherwise have been watching sports? You've been watching Netflix. You've been watching, uh, you know, more uh, television in general. Have you been... Uh, reading? Have you been watching the news to see what's going on with the coronavirus? Like, what yeah. is what has occupied? I'm kind of curious for my audience too. Probably talk about this some next week uh, when the NFL free agency dies down and there really isn't anything that people are aggressively paying attention to in sports on a day to day basis. What have you done? How have your habits changed? Now, the, the weather up here has been um, has been pretty good. So during the day, I always try to maybe go for a walk. I try to avoid people when I'm doing that, but at night it gets, it gets uh, a, a little bit boring. Cause I, I started to, I started thinking like all these shows I've never watched. I've never watched games of Thrones. 
I've never watched Breaking Bad. I mean, I guess there's only so many times I could watch The Sopranos in the office. So maybe in another week, if we're still doing this, I might start getting into one of those shows. Both of those shows are fantastic, by the way. Which one would you suggest first, Game of Thrones or? Um, I think Breaking it depends. On, I think it depends on your uh, your personality. Uh, Game of Thrones is more of kind of escapist fantasy fare. Not to say it's not smart and entertaining. It's just uh, you know it, it it's more. Uh, it's not Star Wars, but I mean it's more akin to Star Wars. Whereas I would say Breaking Bad is more akin to uh, maybe The Godfather. Right, I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's Breaking Bad has more in common with The Sopranos than Game of Thrones does. I love both, uh, but Breaking Bad is such an expertly crafted. Breaking Bad's like Shakespeare; it's so expertly crafted in every fashion. But Game of Thrones, I mean, it's impossible to sit down with yeah. your bowl of popcorn or ice cream or whatever and not be like, "My God, this is an incredible show." Yeah, maybe I'll go with that. You know, Clay, it's funny. The other night, there's a movie from the '80s, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, which is a Mel Brooks movie. There's actually a scene in the movie where Gene Wilder, you know, who's playing Dr. Frankenstein, says goodbye to his fiance at a train station. And, you know, it's obviously a comedy. He goes to kiss her. She says, no, my lipstick. Then he goes to grab her from the head. He says, no, no, I just did my hair. Then he goes to grab her hands. And she says, no, I just did my nails. So when they go to say goodbye to each other, you know what they do? They both stick out their elbow and they hit each other with the elbow. Oh, wow. And yeah, they, they were ahead of their Brooks time. A little ahead of his time. <laughs> you know, we watched last night the boys. You know, so the I've got a twelve and nine and five year old all kind of cooped up in the house. They've been out of school for a while, so we do a lot of uh, movies at the end of the night. And uh, they watched the Bad News Bears recently, which was made back in nineteen seventy six. They thought that was pretty great. Uh, great but flick. They wanted to great watch. Flick. I didn't even know this this movie existed. They made Bad News Bears go to Japan which came out like a, a year and a half later, was not as good as the original Bad News Bears. So last night we watched the Bad News Bears go to Japan, which was, uh, I mean, just so un- un- unbelievably bad. Uh, but uh, but that's where we are now uh, in well, terms well, they of also uh, had, they also have the one. They also have the one where they play in the Astrodome. That's right. They, we, we, they, made, the, they made three of them. Yeah, we, we've seen that one, I think, already uh, somehow. Well, we didn't know they'd gone to Japan. Um, all right, so uh, let, let's also then circle back around. NFL Draft announced that, they, first of all, they shut down Las Vegas, which I don't know if you guys Incredible. have seen the pictures. I mean, but all the lights are off. I mean, for a month now, all the strip in Vegas is shut down, everything associated with that. Um, NFL Draft not going to be the big public show that it was going to be had there not been the coronavirus. Uh, do you think that the NFL Draft will end up happening in a public, uh, in a public manner at all? in uh, in late April, assuming they keep it where it is. I still think there's a way that they could do it. They shouldn't give up on that just yet. And you know, obviously with television, there's still kind of a, a pretty fancy way that th- maybe they could do it. Remember this, too, about Las Vegas, Clay. And I've been out there on this day. You know, I'm not counting the playing games for the NCAA tournament. With today being what would have been day one yeah, of the it's NCAA crazy. tournament, I've been out in Vegas on this Thursday, and it's, you know, that's a sight to behold, especially, I've been out there sometimes where that Thursday has fallen on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So now combine St. Patrick's Day with the start of the NCAA tournament. So it's a, the, the whole thing just stinks, because today would have been such a fun day in sports. The whole week would have been fun, not just with the NFL, but uh, with other things. But the, the NFL will figure out, somehow the NFL, it's indestructible. It's, it's amazing how it works. And they'll, they'll st- to me, they'll still be able to come up with a clever idea to make it somewhat interesting. And at least we know there's some event that's going to happen soon. There's still going to be an NFL draft. No doubt at all. Frank, I so appreciate the time, my man. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Thanks, Clay. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We bring in now Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. I haven't even hardly mentioned this. I meant to. Uh, we've got a poll question up for everybody out there. If you want to go vote, you can scroll down through my Twitter feed here. I put it up late last night. Which is the most jarring, legendary star to move to a new team? 25,000 of you have voted in this poll so far. Uh, Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. Wayne Gretzky to L.A. Michael Jordan to the Wizards. Joe Montana to the Chiefs. And obviously, you can go off the board if there's somebody that makes more sense to you. Dan Wetzel, you've covered sports for a long time. Tom, Tom Brady to Tampa Bay is wacky. Jordan to the Wizards was as well. Uh, Gretzky to the L.A. Kings. Which one of those do you think is the craziest legendary move of one of the greatest players of all time? Uh, I would go with um, with Gretzky to the Kings because yeah. if Gretzky stays in Edmonton, they win three, four, five more Stanley Cups probably. You know, obviously you got to win it. Um, so, I mean – you know, Jordan. To, Jordan it didn't matter. Montana really didn't matter. And there was a there was a. He had Steve Young, Brady. We will see. But you know, this is the tail end of his career. Gretzky, the greatest hockey player of all time in his prime, uh, on a team that was loaded to dominate. Uh, that was the biggest. Uh, that was the biggest deal. You know, Edmonton didn't have any money. Uh, and, and then just the betrayal that that felt for the small Canadian uh, team to, to lose him to the, to the LA Kings that, that, you know, barely had any fans at least perceived to have that way. Uh, that was the biggest one. I don't think there's any question. And not only that, I mean, it kind of spelled the demise of hockey in Canada in terms of winning Stanley Cups, right? I think it's like since 1994-ish that, that hockey last won a Stanley Cup. Uh, to, uh, to to have that is pretty crazy. Uh, to, and, and Gretzky obviously was Canadian as well. Yeah, 93, uh, I think Montreal beat, beat the LA Kings. But, um, yeah, they haven't won. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, that was just like, there's just no way you could possibly trade or, you know, have that. Just, there just was no way. If, if Kansas City let Patrick Mahomes go somewhere right now, um, it still wouldn't be as big of a shock. <laughs> yeah. So if if the Adam Schefter tweet comes across that Kansas City just traded Patrick Mahomes, somebody just Jackson got in their car and put that on, and they just had yeah, a heart sorry, attack. So, sorry, yeah. This, this is a joke. This is yeah. a joke. Yeah. Warning. Well, that's probably what they felt like um, in in whatever that was, nineteen eighty. I don't know, ninety. I think it was or something like that. So that would pro- that would still not be as big because this is Wayne Gretzky. Um, so total total. That was that. I hate to tell people how to vote, but vote for Gretzky, even if you have no idea what about a hockey puck is. We're talking to Dan Wetzel. You initially started off covering college basketball. Are you still sort of in shock that the NCAA tournament, which would otherwise have been tipping off, and I hate to even have to bring this up to people as they're <laughs> starting off their mornings as if there aren't enough stresses in the world, but you're like, man, it's about five hours till the NCAA tournament would have been tipping off every other year but for this year. I got to admit, I'm still kind of in shock that it's not happening. Are you the same way? You know, I think this whole thing's such a shock. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Friday morning. Like, you know, Boston University would have defeated, uh, you know, uh, somebody like, you know, I don't know, Michigan State last night, a big upset. I don't know. Um, it, it's weird. It, it's sort of uh, a miss, but 
honestly, uh, everything is so out of whack. I don't know. Um, it's, How are it's you, sad, by the though. way, spending I, your time? You've got two girls. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming they're out of school. Like, what have you – I asked this of uh, Frank Isola in hour one. What have you found yourself doing more of to fill this time? Because you're like a lot of us. I mean, I, I you know, I keep it, – it's almost like – I keep looking at my phone regularly in the evenings like to see what the scores of games are because I'm so used to doing that out of habit and there's just blank, you know, like it's a blank screen. There's no actual games to check. And uh, and so I was saying we watched uh, the boys last night, my two youngest. They loved the Bad News Bears. So we watched the Bad News Bears and they want to watch. I didn't even know they made this. Bad News Bears go to Japan. So that's how I spent my night last night. Uh, and uh, and 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 I would never would have been watching Bad News Bears go to Japan in a normal uh, time of year of uh, of March like this. What did you do? What are you spending your time doing? Yeah, we watched the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, those um, are good. Yeah, yeah, but they are good, good movies. Yeah, uh, we've watched a few this week. We've seen them before, but um, yeah, not what I would have watched on the first Thursday of the NCAA basketball tournament. Would not right. watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's. There's times you just. Uh, you know, I tend to watch TV uh, sort of later as things kind of settle down. And yeah, you just click over to ESPN and there's nothing there. Um, or it's Sports Center. I mean, it's been very busy because of the NFL free agency and all the different things going on in, in sports. It hasn't dried up. I think it's just going to be, you know, I, I just can't imagine a month from now. It'll just be, you know, we'll get the NFL draft. I mean, there's just so little going on. And, and it's really, I mean, I get it. We can't can't play these games, but it's it's too bad because you, you go back to times of of in almost any society of of these kind of traumatic events and the stress that people are under and the worry that people are under. Um, and sports has been there for 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 them, you know. In, in World War II, when you know, the, when, you know, Ted Williams and all these guys go off to fight the war and baseball is the biggest thing. They kept the major leagues going with old timers and stuff just because they knew you, you know, the people needed that, that morale boost, that, that yeah. distraction. Uh, you know, you, you remember that movie, uh, a league of their own oh, yeah. about the women's women's professional baseball, right? It's the same thing. Like they created this league to, to, to help, help these towns out. I think that was more like minor league towns. You need that. And um, obviously they can't do it. So I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing it, but it's like to, to have to go through one of these and uh, certainly it's not going to be a, you know, hopefully not a four year war or anything, but to, to need that distraction and just that basic morale boost that, that society needs, it would be huge if there was a way to do it. And I hope that at some point they can figure out something, whether it's UFC fights, it's, you know, you know, professional golf, something that you could do and say, Hey, look, this isn't too big of a risk. Uh, We can do it. I I really think would be just a big deal for, for so many of us that have, you know, find sports, the the break in the daily grind of life uh, in good times, let alone, um, what we're dealing with now, where there's so much, you know, economic worries, uh, health worries, and family worries. We're talking to Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. You've covered Tom Brady a ton. You've covered Bill Belichick a ton over the last 15, 20 years. You've been to many of their biggest and most important games. How stunned were you to see Brady go to Tampa Bay? What do you think actually went down, and what's the fallout going to be? 
you know, I think it just sort of materialized along the way. I thought it was a possibility, but I, I was at their last game uh, in January in the playoffs, and and I and then the next day, uh, you know, Tom Tom spoke after that game, and then uh, Bill Belichick spoke the next, and you could see the the distance there. But I still thought, you know, it's more likely than not he stays. Uh, but as this has slowly drifted on, and and the Patriots didn't, you know, make that make that move. I mean, look, they will, everyone will have their side on who's at fault here forever. But to me, Brady wanted to stay. And if the Patriots had, had said, you know, they'd called them that day after and said, Hey, let's, let's figure this out. Let's do this, 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 how about this? He would have stayed. Um, but they, they were willing to let this play out. And so it slowly came a spot where, not only is he looking around now, it's almost like you're, you know, don't don't let your wife, uh, your husband, date other people because they might find something a better, better, better situation. Option. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Don't risk it. But it, you know, it just became that clearly New England wasn't that into it at this point, and 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 that's that. I'll, I'll just always think that was the case that Belichick just, you know, he he, he thinks that, you know, I, I think Belichick doesn't think Brady's worth thirty million a year or thir- whatever is going to have to be, and so. They're moving on, and and you know I wrote the other night when it was became Tampa. I mean, how is this not a better spot for Tom Brady other than nostalgia or, yeah. or convenience or familiarity? I mean, Mike Evans and OJ Howard, and I mean all these Chris guys, Godwin. They're better got, than any of the options he's had for years at, at New England. Way better. I mean, it, way better. Offensive minded coach. Nice warm weather. Um, you know, I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl, but I think they're he's going to have a lot of fun. And, you know, this was a seven and nine team. They, six of those losses were seven points or less. And that's despite Jameis Winston throwing 30 picks. Yeah. Now, Tom Brady has thrown 29 picks since the 2015 season. So if, if Brady even just does a, he doesn't even have to throw for 33 touchdowns. He's 24 and eight. In, 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 in touchdown and, and, and interceptions, which I think he was this year. I think that was his numbers this year. Um, they're going to be way better. You know, Jameis had seven pick six uh, as an NFL record. Uh, you know, so they got to seven and nine despite the craziest QB season uh, you ever heard of. And, you know, so here's this thing where you have so many weapons. They had done everything to make it easy for Jameis to succeed. And he still didn't succeed. And now you bring in Brady, and this is like you look at this team, and it's, it's this has got a little movie to it too. It's like we got all this talent. We need a leader, and we need a steady old guy. And it's like if you're Brady, this is just this this is so much. If you just strip it all out and say here's column A and here's column B, what are you doing? Of course you're going to go to Tampa. So it's going to be weird. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be exciting to see how he does in Tampa. I think it's going to be exciting to see how New England does without him. Um, I think it's a great storyline. Everyone's going to be very fascinated about those two teams starting next year. Um, but I, I just think if you look at it objectively, how do you not go to Tampa Bay? It's just a better situation than New England right now. And, and man, I know the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I think I wrote, uh, you know, four of the uh, five of the five least ever said words are like, congratulations, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. But, here you are, you know. What do you think Brady – so Brady is now with the Bucks, theoretically going to play out his career there. What's Belichick going to do? 
do you think he's going to stick with Jared Stidham? Do you think he's interested at all in Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, maybe Jameis Winston, any of the guys that are out there? Does he go into the draft? If you were setting uh, your expectations, and I know Belichick's very close to the vest and hard to predict, what do you anticipate? I think there's a – I mean, look, you look at a little bit – there's definitely a roster turnover going on. I think he's going to get way younger. Um, three, they, they have three of their, their linebackers leaving, um, but he does have some decent depth there. Um, I don't know about QB. I, I don't know what he's going to do. He may really like Stidham, you know, he, and he, or he may have something else planned. It certainly probably knew Brady was going to leave unless Brady was going to take a discount. So, but that, we've heard no word that he's going to pounce on, on uh, plan B. I think Dalton is a pretty good quarterback and would fit in pretty well there. Um, but he may sit there and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do Stidham. The one thing about Belichick is he's going to be um, completely confident in his pick, and he's going to do whatever the heck he wants and not really worry about anyone else. But kept it very close to the vest. There isn't – you know, I, I would have thought maybe you – know, I remember talking in December with a guy in the league about, you know, what if they let Brady walk and he, he gets a, a Bridgewater or a Mariota or one of these kind of guys with, with a lot of different potential, um, uh, you know, and, and tries that, but, but that, but neither of those seem to be in the plan. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. I will say this, Lamar Jackson always thought the Patriots were going to draft him a few years ago and we'll see how Jared Stidham is, but, I, he didn't. He, they took. Um, I think they took Sony Michelle. I don't know who they took. They Sony Michelle. I, don't know, whatever I think they might it was. be right. That's about the same time. Yeah, and and Lamar Jackson was convinced he was going to get picked by the Patriots that year. I remember him saying that. And imagine if Belichick had done that, okay? And everyone goes, "Oh, is he going to go with Lamar Jackson?" And then all of a sudden, he unleashes Lamar Jackson on the world. People would lose their mind <laughs> how good he was, but. That didn't happen, so we'll see if Jared Stidham is is uh, is secretly a, a great quarterback, um, or if Jalen Hurts. If he was interested in Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts would be in some way this year's version of Lamar Jackson. I think it's a little bit unfair to Lamar Jackson to think that there are different versions of him every yeah. year. Just like it's a little bit unfair to Peyton Manning or Tom Brady to be like, oh, this guy. You know, even Joe Burrow said it. Like, stop comparing me to Tom Brady. They're so good. It's a, it's a little bit insulting to believe that every year there's going to be somebody like them. Uh, but if you're looking at the uh, available picks at 23, uh, people have been talking about Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm. Like, Jalen Hurts would be there. Maybe you could trade down. There's talk that the Raiders are intrigued by him, too. Uh, that will be uh, worth following. You, uh, you, Dan, have talked a lot about the scandal that came out of the FBI investigation. We talked about this a little bit to start off Hour 2. There's a documentary on HBO about this uh, investigation around the shoe companies and into the coaches, and they evidently have the audio wiretaps of uh, Sean Miller and uh, also Will Wade talking about paying players uh, in, in terms of those conversations. Does this move the needle at all? Do you think people care, or is everybody just kind of accepted that college basketball is pretty corrupt in terms of players being paid and everybody's just going to shrug, shrug their collective shoulders when this airs on HBO. Yeah, they have a couple of the uh, they have a couple of the tapes. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I think it'll be a, a shoulder shrug. I think listening to the tapes and and you know they played so they played a bunch of tapes and some of these that are in the thing in federal court. Unfortunately, you can't hear in federal court unless you're there. 
But I, I mean, I do think it, it continues to uh, shine light on it and just how casual it is, how, how common it is. Um, when you listen to, it, there's not like a smoking, uh, maybe there is or isn't. I don't know. I don't know if anybody cares. I don't know if the schools will do anything. I mean, Will Wade is still employed and he was, there were some pretty damning tapes last year. They just weren't played. They could only read. But I, I think when you, if you do watch documentary and you see Christian Dawkins, the basketball middleman who, who is the, you know, the, the, the story, the story is his story. And he, he's basically in the movie almost the whole time. Um, I don't know. I just think if you listen to it, it's one more bit of like, God, this is so casual. This is so common. I mean, here's, here are these guys just talking on the phone. Like it's no big deal about about recruiting um but i i don't think you know i think most fans don't care um or just assume it or just love to hear that the other team's cheating you know their opponent uh and i think the colleges are just clinging to this concept of amateurism as long as they can because it makes them the most money so it's 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 far more profitable to pretend that um uh, that cheating is a, is a rarity rather than a regularity. All right, Dan, how much of a story do you think it is that so many different NBA players and teams have been able to get access to these coronavirus tests when there's a lot of, quote-unquote, normal Americans who haven't been able to get them? And let's be honest, these NBA players aren't exactly at incredibly high risk because none of the guys who've tested positive have really been substantially sick. Big story, not a big story. I think to take it beyond sports the big the big story is we don't have tests i mean right. this is somewhat ridiculous I, I had someone after i wrote this column someone forwarded me a story last night like there's no tests in western new york where buffalo is like you know million plus person at region they can't test one person so that's the story and it's not the nba's fault that they don't have tests because that wasn't the nba's job to make sure uh, all americans would or there'd be a substantial number of tests so I, I, that's the bigger story, but it certainly is, you know, a bit bizarre when Kevin Durant comes out and says, "Hey, I tested positive for coronavirus. I feel fine, uh, no problems." And you go, "Why? Why did we test a 31-year-old world-class athlete, you know, who wasn't experiencing any problems um, and felt fine when there's no tests in Buffalo or there's no, you know, there's there's the guy cooking your food, the cop on the corner." The, the nurse, the, the, the patient coming in uh, can't get a test in Brooklyn either. So some of that is the, the answer is the NBA is paying for private tests for their players. And that's a good employer. I don't I think the NBA's heart was in the right spot here. They're trying to figure it out. And I would love to see them get a, a really be able to test and get a good handle on it. We talked last segment about maybe they can play some, some kind of games, which I think would be a big boost to the country. But you know, if the NBA, I would rather see the NBA take those resources and say we're going to donate them to, uh, or we're going to pay for X number of tests going forward. These aren't the NBA doesn't have that many people, so it's not that many tests. But at this point, any little bit would help. So I think it's a little frustrating when there's a lot of sick people. There's a lot of people who are concerned. There's a lot of people who are worried. Can I care for the elderly? Can I show up at work today and cook these people's food? Can I do anything? And you, you're not getting a test, and it's it's not it's not an A A to B equation, um, but you then you hear oh Kevin Durant's fine and and uh, but he got a test just to check. I mean Kevin Durant hasn't even played basketball this year, so um, I think it's a 
it's 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 somewhat interesting. I don't think it's as massive scandal though. Quickly here, last question for you: Do you think the NBA, given the fact that they may come back in June or July and play until August, should they consider changing their schedule overall? Start on Christmas Day and run until August as their regular season schedule. I mean, for next year, the following yeah. year. Yeah, they, they've had some. Ta- they've had some talk about making yeah. that shift permanent, and obviously, they have a situation here where the schedule's almost been dictated to them. Maybe. You know, one of the reasons it ends in June is television in the summer used to be a, a huge dead period, and that's changed a lot um, as things have gone forward. So it's certainly possible they might tr- might consider that, um, at least for, for for something. But I don't know. I think they're, they're dealing – I know guys in the NBA, it's just such a, a, such a sliding scale route. They just, they just really want to be able to play something this summer. Outstanding stuff as always, Dan Wetzel. Good job surviving the quarantine, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. So far, so good. You too, man. Thanks. Hey, that's Dan Wetzel. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, O, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trips of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc with us now. Dr. Chow, let's start with uh, the NFL free agency. Um, there are some issues with guys being able to take and or pass physicals because the coronavirus might be limiting travel and or facilities being open. What exactly in your experience happens with free agents and with guys who are traded in terms of a physical and does that seem to be a bit of a bottleneck right now for the NFL? It is a little bit of a bottleneck because it's a very unusual set of circumstances. And here's the background. There is no trade or no free agent signing that is officially complete until a physical is passed. And typically that physical is performed by a team physician. And you can't travel and team physicians aren't allowed to do the physicals right now as part of the self-imposed league rule. So the workaround right now is to potentially use local physicians that need to be agreed upon. And this process is, is fluid. First of all, for listeners, I think most people would say, what's the big deal? Just get a doctor to do it. Well, the big deal is uh, it's rare that a physical is black and white, like, oh, this guy can't play football at all, or this guy completely has no history of injuries. There's usually some shades of gray. And medical analysis and opinion probably can be compared to scouting your draft analysis and opinion. One team has a guy as a first pick in the draft or a first rounder. Another team might have him as a second rounder. There is some difference of opinion kind of deal. And when you're talking about large amounts of money for some of these early free agents, that's kind of what the holdup is. It's a self-imposed league rule. And the player can refuse this interim physical. And so there needs to be some agreement 
on it. And uh, it's a fluid situation that's uh, new and unprecedented. And this does happen for people out there listening. Every now and then a trade uh, is voided because somebody fails at physical, right? So, I mean, it doesn't happen regularly, but it does happen that sometimes team doctors examine a guy and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is not what we thought we were getting. Yeah, and, and and to be fair, I mean, it uh, depends on the the team, and and depends on how much quote power the team doctor has, and depends on what really the issue is. I mean, a famous example was a few years back, Roger Saffold agreed to a deal with the Oakland Raiders when he was with the St. Louis Rams. Uh, the official signing period opened. He flew to Oakland for the physical. Quote failed the physical because of a shoulder label issue, and St. Louis Rams actually re-signed him. Uh, and so uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder sometimes, and it's a relative risk equation, and it depends on how a team interprets the physical as much as what the physical says. And uh, part of it is, you know, uh, you know, is some of it sometimes hidden in buyer's remorse? Maybe, but uh, it's also... Uh, perspective in terms of how someone looks at the physical and what they're willing to accept. All right, the biggest uh, player out there that has health concerns, it seems to me right now, is Cam Newton. Uh, The Carolina Panthers have moved on from him. They signed Teddy Bridgewater. They've wished him well. He's still on the roster, I believe, because they want to try to trade him. But he's also not necessarily 100% healthy, which means teams are probably unlikely to trade for him. How does this situation resolve itself? Well, kind of like we we talked about on your show that uh, Cam's at the time, you know, Cam was uh, staying on the roster, and it was what I always thought for the time being. You can't cut an injured player, and it's difficult to trade an injured player. Probably more difficult now because he can't fly for the physical officially. Um, he can still continue to get care. There's no. Uh, limitation on getting care but yeah the team's trading for him might be more leery without knowing what his actual physical status is and will they trust the word of the carolina panthers doctor um maybe but the panthers doctor is probably vested to give him a good report so that he's tradable so you know there's a lot of uh, factors at play here we're talking to dr david chow at pro football doc on twitter Okay, let's go to uh, the return of sports. First of all, I know you're not an epidemiologist. I know you're not an expert on infectious diseases. Uh, Some people out there expect that every doctor knows about everything. But are you optimistic or pessimistic based on what you see in this country about the return of sports? Well, sports is ultimately going to return. The question is when. And, And right now, it seems like the movement is still in the direction of caution. It seems like uh, uh, political forces, mayors, governors, and whatever, they keep increasing the restrictions, decreasing travel, decreasing the number of people. Every state, every region is different in terms of the advice of, is it no more than 50 people, no more than 25 people, or no more than 10 people? Are you self-quarantining your house? And it seems like the trend still is everyone wants to, and there's nothing wrong with this, be on the safer side. So the pendulum still seems to be swinging towards safety and isolation. And I don't even see the pendulum yet swinging back towards releasing of any restrictions. The restrictions keep 
increasing, not decreasing. And we have to see the pendulum go the other way. And think about this. Um, the sports team or the sports franchise or the sports league that's the first, quote, penguin in the water to buck the trend and say we're ready to go is going to get a lot of scrutiny. And so I think all leagues are going to be on the better safe than sorry for a little bit, at least for the next few weeks, to let things uh, sort out. Uh, there, there's a lot of worry out there. I mean, uh, my conversations with people are, you know, 37 conversations a day about COVID. People, friends that I haven't talked to in a while are calling me to say hello and ask about COVID. I mean, there, there's, still, there's a lot of general concern out there. Uh, publicly about it, and uh, so I don't see the sports leagues turning around anytime soon, at least in the next few weeks. If they do decide to have games, um, how much danger can you can you sign off on? I mean, and, and the reason why I'm asking this is Adam Silver yesterday uh, in his interview with ESPN was saying, hey, we're kind of starting to think about the idea of doing an exhibition for charity. Is it possible that we could quarantine our teams play without fans present, be able to, uh, to to bring some of these players who, let's be honest, I mean, I would imagine the vast majority of NBA players would rather be playing basketball right now than be sitting around cooped up in their apartments, their houses, their condos, wherever they are. Uh, and the vast majority of them, even those that have tested positive, uh, you know, the, the four, uh, including Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, all of those guys have had zero substantial health concerns associated with that. And I think we talked about this with you last week. Most young, healthy people, if they get the coronavirus, are going to be okay. Is there a way that the NBA could craft a possibility to play games in your mind without crowds present um, just to get back the entertainment option on television, which is obviously where a huge portion of their dollars come from? Medically, I believe it would be possible to craft such a policy. Uh, think about it. Rudy Gobert is sort of the lightning rod, but the person who he guarded and the person who guarded him in the nights before the testing positive have not tested positive yet. Yes, one of his teammates tested positive, and yes, there are four Brooklyn Nets. I'm not sure that's related to Rudy Gobert. But certainly we worry about the transmissibility of the disease, but it's certainly like, not like every person you come in contact with will get it. I mean, guarding someone in an NBA game or being guarded by someone in an NBA game, there's a lot of uh, droplet exchange, so to speak, and heavy breathing next to each other, et cetera, well within six feet in terms of uh, uh, transmissibility. So medically, is it possible to craft such a situation? I think you could, but I think socially, I don't see it happening. You already hear and see on social media and Twitter, well, we don't have enough tests in the United States. How did the NBA get 68 tests overnight? I mean, if you're using test kits when there's test kits shortages to put on an exhibition game uh, or uh, put on a product for NBA and sports, I think you're going to get a lot of negativity for that just for using up the tests, much less how do you really craft the policy uh, when how often do you test every player before you allow them on the court and uh, logistical matters of travel and quarantine if you're flying. Uh, I think a league at this point, at least on you know March 19th here, would make yourself quite a target if you tried to, to do that. I think you need to continue to let 
the situation play out a bit, you could think about those possibilities. But I think just the logistics of trying to put it on right now would uh, socially would not be acceptable. We're talking to Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Um, are we going to change the way we think about illness on the court in the wake of the coronavirus? The reason why I bring it up, and I'm curious what you think on this, Michael Jordan's most iconic moment is playing with the flu, right? I mean, if I say the Jordan flu game, a lot of people use it as evidence of Jordan superhumanly being willing and able to overcome his physical limitations on the biggest stage possible. Uh, We certainly uh, had the NBA prior with Magic Johnson crafting a policy in place when Magic Johnson had HIV to allow him to play. Those are different level of illnesses, but I think for most people, the idea that somebody might be sick and you might play against them and get sick is uh, certainly for the flu or a cold, something that most people would expect for athletes to be signing up for. Is the coronavirus going to change the way we think about illness and athletes performing with illnesses? Well, there's no question that uh, anyone with COVID-19 is not going to be allowed to play just even for the potential of transmissibility. But you bring up an interesting issue coming into the future. Will this, will sports adopt a policy like, you know, I've got little kids, uh, uh, like, like elementary school or preschool. If you have a fever, uh, you're not supposed to go to school, right? Yeah. Was that going to become part of our, 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 uh, rules in sports? That brings up a very, very interesting question. In theory, that's the way schools work, right? I yeah. mean, if you have a fever, you're supposed to be fever-free for 24 hours before you go to school. A lot of schools and young, for young kids have that uh, rule. And, you know, is how is it enforced? That's a different question. But, yeah, I mean, there's that possibility. I think we're still in the sorted-out stage in, 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 in what's happening here. To me, there's two issues about the coronavirus. There's the real medical issue, and then there's the second part, which we're talking about, which is the social reaction to the issue. There may be some tremendous changes that come out of that, come out of this, and some of it may not all be bad. Some of it, in terms of you know telecommuting and, and working from home more, or perhaps you know the necessity of attending every college class in person. Who knows if that's really needed or not. But the big one for me in medicine is we are now allowed to do telemedicine much more freely than before. Right. Before, you couldn't get a doctor to call you back because a lot of the telemedicine was illegal, um, be it for HIPAA reasons, to use public lines like Skype and things like that that could be hacked, and, and most individuals don't have private lines, et cetera, or also because of the reimbursement rules of insurance companies, you know, how a doctor gets paid, you had to be seen in the office. And uh, we at our office are doing a lot of uh, virtual visits, whether by Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, or phone call where possible to eliminate the travel and contact. And I hope some of those changes because uh, might become permanent. So uh, you do bring up some good points, Clay. All right, uh, final question for you. This has turned into an interesting angle. Let's presume, like you said, that right now certainly there isn't, doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, momentum in terms of returning to athletics. But let's presume that by June-ish, the NBA, we've, we've come down the other side of the coronavirus, there isn't as much of an infection rate out there, and the NBA is coming back. And the plan is that the NBA is going to play during, uh, during the, the June, July, and August windows for 
the playoffs. Kevin Durant right now is on the Brooklyn Nets who would be in the playoffs. There's rumors starting to circulate that, hey, if the finals don't start uh, until August and the NBA playoffs don't start until late June or July, he potentially could come back from his uh, Achilles tendon tear. Smart of him to even consider it. Is it a viable medical return? How would you analyze his health uh, based on what you have known of prior Achilles tendon tears? Well, uh, Achilles, long, te- thought- Achilles heel, right? I mean, yes. Uh, yeah, Achilles tendon, yeah, Achilles heel area, exactly. Uh, based on previously, I've said I expect Kevin Durant to make a full return. And if I were a GM like the Brooklyn Nets, I would sign him. Obviously, I'm not. But medically, I think he'll make a full return. Kobe didn't because it was later in his career, and, and then he had a knee issue as soon as he returned. But, you know, Dominic Wilkins was fine, and I think Kevin Durant is going to be fine. But as far as this season is concerned, no matter how late it is, can he return to play? Yes. Can he be effective? Yes. As a spot shooter and as part of the game. Will he be 100% for these playoffs and be the Kevin Durant, who probably was the most dominant player in the league when he was first hurt in the second round against Houston with the Warriors? No, I don't think that's feasible or likely for these playoffs come June or July or whatever. But for the coming season, I do believe he will return to 100%. One more interesting thing just on coronavirus in terms of length of sports play is that, and I'm not advocating this, but believe it or not, about the same number of people are going to get sick no matter how much we socially distance or isolate ourselves or quarantine ourselves. All we're doing is flattening the curve. Instead of having a lot of people potentially sick in a short period of time and overflowing hospitals, we're going to have the same number of people being sick but spread out over weeks slash months. And that way the threshold of overloading hospitals won't be met, which also implies, which I think is going to happen, a prolonged absence for NBA and potentially Major League Baseball. Flattening the curve actually extends the situation. It doesn't actually cure the situation in any way. It's spreading the peanut butter instead of a big glob and choking on it. And and so because of that, and because of the social policies of spreading it out, and I'm not saying they're wrong, that has a domino effect on sports where it's going to make it linger longer. It also, Doctor, and this is something that I'm really thinking about a lot, there's a difference between what might make sense from an epidemiological perspective and what might make sense from an economical perspective, right? I'm, I'm not talking, like, who determines what acceptable risk is in the context of the coronavirus intersection with sports? Uh, and this is a big question because... You, for instance, talk with us regularly about how you can talk to an athlete when they have an injury and you can say, hey, you're not 100%, but that doesn't mean you can't play. 100% safety doesn't happen in any arena. There's always somebody who is sick. There's always the possibility the person sitting next to you might have the flu. They might have the chicken pox. They might have measles, mumps, whatever it is. Who determines what acceptable risk is for both players and fans as it pertains to an illness like this? And what is that number? Well, that's an unknown question, but right now who determines it is uh, is uh, 
is, is determined legally. Recommendations of the CDC, WHO, local state health agencies are backed up by the laws of this country and or, you know, governors, mayors, county board of supervisors. That's who's ruling the land right now. I mean, if, if you were to play at an NBA game right now, if the NBA were saying they were going to start the league, they wouldn't be able to play anywhere because the local rules and laws and state rules and laws that are being put forward by, by the politicians and the because people in charge. Because the, the numbers are, you'd have 10 people on the court, right? So that would be a gathering right. right now. The numbers are, depending on where you're located, 50, 25, 10, whatever it is, 10 guys on a basketball court, tip, tip, uh, according to where you might be, may not, may not be permissible. Correct. And, and, and understand that whether the number is 50, 25, or 10, it's somewhat arbitrary. Yeah. I mean, what's the magic of 10 versus 9 versus 8? Right. You know, we're, we're dealing in round like numbers. Like Philip Rivers, or, your or guy, theoretically couldn't be in his house with his kids. <laughs> right? He's got nine kids. Well, like every time he enters a room, they're going to have to send somebody out in order for them to theoretically be able to hang out. Well, uh, obviously, obviously, there's an exception for families. And the other thing is, I have not been to his permanent home down in the Panhandle of Florida. But it's probably but pretty my nice. Guess is there's more, my, my guess is there's more than one room in there, but that's a whole other <laughs> story as uh, well. But I will give you this little anecdote. If you look at my uh, Twitter, uh, uh, not the profile picture, the header picture is me with Philip walking off in the final game of the RCA when he when he tore his ACL. Believe it or not, that was a game he got a lot of grief about John back to the fans, but as fans were cursing as him as, it, as he walked off with the torn ACL, he said back, don't you worry, I'll be back. Yeah. And he repeated that several times. And he now he is back in Indy in a different way. How do you so think he'll do, by the way, a, from a health perspective, $25 million? That's the real last question for you as the new Indianapolis Colts quarterback. I think he'll do well because the Colts have one of the best offensive lines. They have some offensive weapons. They have some defensive weapons. He's reunited with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, and he's excited about it. He's even going to move his family uh, to uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, when he never really moved up to L.A. from San Diego. So I think uh, this is going to go well for him, and, uh, and of course I wish him good luck. Good stuff, as always. I appreciate you, Dr. David Chow. Thanks for getting up early with us at Pro Football Doc. Encourage you guys to go download the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Coverage. We will be rolling tomorrow as the NFL free agency continues. Do we have any solutions for Cam, for Andy Dalton, and potentially for Jameis Winston? We will be discussing tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can watch me on Periscope and Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis. You can follow me all day long. This has been Fox Sports Radio. Dr. Chow, last question for you. I appreciate you hanging with us. Who determines what acceptable risk is in the context of the coronavirus intersection with sports? Uh, and this is a big question because you, for instance, talk with us regularly about how you can talk to an athlete when they have an injury and you can say, hey, you're not 100%, but that doesn't mean you can't play. 100% safety doesn't happen in any arena. There's always somebody who is sick. There's always the possibility the person sitting next to you might have the flu. They might have the chicken pox. They might have measles, mumps, whatever it is. Who determines what acceptable risk is for both players and fans as it pertains to an illness like this? And what is that number? Well, that's an unknown question. But right now, who determines it is, uh, is, uh, is determined legally. Recommendations of the CDC, WHO, local state health agencies are backed up by the laws of this country and or you know, governors, mayors, county board of supervisors. 
that's who's ruling the land right now. I mean, if if you were to play at an NBA game right now, if the NBA were saying they were going to start the league, they wouldn't be able to play anywhere because the local rules and laws and state rules and laws that are being put forward by by the politicians and the because people in charge. Because the, the numbers are, you'd have 10 people on the court, right? So that would be a gathering right. right now. The numbers are, depending on where you're located, 50, 25, 10, whatever it is, 10 guys on a basketball court, tip, tip, uh, according to where you might be, may not may not be permissible. Correct. And, and and understand that whether the number is 50, 25, or 10, it's somewhat arbitrary. Yeah. I mean, what's the magic of 10 versus 9 versus 8? Right. You know, we're, we're dealing in round like numbers. Like Philip Rivers, or, or your 12. guy, theoretically couldn't be in his house with his kids. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's got nine kids. Well, like every time he enters a room, they're going to have to send somebody out in order for them to theoretically be able to hang out. Well, uh, obviously, obviously, there's an exception for families. And the other thing is, I have not been to his permanent home down in the Panhandle of Florida. But it's probably but pretty my nice. Guess is there's my, my guess is there's more than one room in there, but that's a whole other <laughs> story as uh, well. But I will give you this little anecdote. If you look at my uh, Twitter, uh, uh, not the profile picture, the header picture is me with Philip walking off in the final game of the RCA deal when he when he tore his ACL. Believe it or not, that was a game he got a lot of grief about John back to the fans, but as fans were cursing as him as, as he walked off with the torn ACL, he said back, don't you worry, I'll be back. Yeah. And he repeated that several times. And he now he is back in Indy in a different way. How do you so think he'll do, by the way, a, from a health perspective, $25 million? That's the real last question for you as the new Indianapolis Colts quarterback. I think he'll do well because the Colts have one of the best offensive lines. They have some offensive weapons. They have some defensive weapons. He's reunited with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, and he's excited about it. He's even going to move his family uh, to uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, when he never really moved up to L.A. from San Diego. So I think uh, this is going to go well for him, and, uh, and of course I wish him good luck. Good stuff as always. I appreciate you, Dr. David Chow. Thanks for getting up early with us at Pro Football Doc. Encourage you guys to go download the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Coverage. We will be rolling tomorrow as the NFL free agency continues. Do we have any solutions for Cam, for Andy Dalton, and potentially for Jameis Winston? We will be discussing tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can watch me on Periscope and Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis. You can follow me all day long. This has been Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.